Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. We have another incredible guest for you all, Dr. Nicole Rankins, a board certified OBGYN. She has had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world. She's also the host of All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast, which has been downloaded a million times. Wow. And she is the creator of the birth preparation course. Dr. Nicole Rankins, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited you're here. And Dr. Nicole is sick today and she's still on the podcast. So we are very <laughs> appreciative of your time. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background mm-hmm. and all your expertise and everything birthing? Sure. So Nicole Calloway Rankins, I'm an OBGYN. I've been in practice for over 15 years. Hard to believe I have helped over a thousand babies into this world. Absolutely love what I do. I'm also a certified health coach, incidentally, and I still practice full time. And I have an online business as well, where I have this podcast all about pregnancy and birth, my, my baby. And then I'm a mom of two and I have a childbirth education class called the birth preparation course. She's literally a woman doing it all and doing it all really well. Her podcast is amazing. If you're a new or expecting mom, definitely go check that out. Really, really great information. And do check out your episode as well. So oh, thank you for coming I, to the, Yes. <laughs> I was on the podcast as well. So that yes. is the best episode to check out. And I will say I've got a uh, feedback that people really enjoyed the episode. So. Oh, I love it. Okay. This is going to be a great one too. So today, Dr. Nicole is going to talk about something super cool that we've never talked about on the podcast before. It is tips on how to have a successful home birth. So if you are pregnant and you are thinking of a home birth, or even if you haven't thought of a home birth, this is going to be an amazing episode. She's going to give us all the tips on how to have a safe and successful home birth. Dr. Nicole, I'll let you take us away with the first one. Yeah. So let me start for a second and (laughs) say that you may be wondering like, why am I talking about home birth? Well, there's been a ton of explosion in the media talking about home birth. Um, Lots of celebrities having home births, probably the most recent Ashley Graham, who had her twins at home, other celebrities. So there's lots of information and data, you know, home birth, home birth, and the numbers of home birth have increased. They increased during the pandemic, but I don't see a lot of information helping people understand how to make sure you have a safe experience and a great experience during your home birth and then some of the data and information. So that's where I'm coming from. I want to be a source of providing evidence-based information about fall birth. So as far as the specifics of like being at a home birth, I haven't done a home birth. So I'm not coming from that perspective. I'm coming from the perspective of the provider who can help if there are issues with home birth. So I believe we have to collaborate to help women support their choices and uh, really all work together. I am not an OBGYN who is anti-home birth. Um, So the first thing I'll say is that home birth is perfectly safe in the sense that there's a low risk of issues happening 
for women who are low risk and who are healthy. So if you have an OBGYN who's telling you horror stories about you know, it's dangerous, it's dangerous. The data shows that the risk of complications is low. As long as you don't have a lot of problems, you know, don't have any problems, you're healthy, no issues, then if that's something you want to do, then go for it. So that's tip number one, that it can be safe. I will say there is a little bit of a difference though, and please interrupt me because I can get to talking <laughs> if, I, if you have some questions. But uh, for moms, the risk of complications or I should say risk of interventions is definitely lower at home birth, as you might imagine, you're not going to have like epidurals or IVs or things like that. So the risk of interventions for mom is lower at home births. However, there is a slightly increased risk of infant problems or neonatal uh, mortality with home birth. The numbers overall are low, very low, less than 1%, but there is a slightly increased risk. So it's not that it's safer for babies to have a home birth. And when you think about it, that kind of makes sense because in the hospital is where you have the NICU, where you have urgent resuscitation equipment, if there are issues. And general moms have some reserve if something happens, but these new little tiny babies, they don't have a lot of reserve in terms of if issues occur. And if they're in the hospital, we have those things uh, available right away, whereas you don't have those at home. So that's number one. Yeah. So for me, I never considered a home birth. I never wanted a home birth. It's <laughs> not even in my radar. Um, when you talk about the risk of intervention is lower mm-hmm. for anyone who's like, what does intervention mean? Oh, yep. Talk a little bit. Maybe you could tell, because honestly, even now with four kids and home births becoming more popular, I still don't really understand how it goes down. And you, you mentioned OBGYNs typically do not participate in home births. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I didn't know that either. So can you maybe just say what really, what is a home birth? What does mm-hmm. that look like? Yeah. And there's sort of more of a terminology of actually out of hospital birth or community birth to okay. talk about birth either in home or at a birth center. So outside of the hospital, typically for a birth that's done at home, it's going to be with a certified professional midwife. In some states, it's going to be a certified nurse midwife. Rarely do um, OBGYNs do home births, but it's typically going to be with a midwife and they bring all of the stuff. They do, you know, bring all of the equipment, supplies. Like for instance, we have a home birth midwife, uh, a couple in our community, and they come well stocked. <laughs> like they have, you know, tons of supplies and things with them. Some of them administer medications, um, all of those things. So you really want to get with somebody who has uh, that that experience and knowledge and knows what they're doing. And then as far as interventions, by interventions I mean things like episiotomy or again, pain management options, Pitocin, obviously induction, all of those things are going to be less in a home birth because they're just, part of it is just that they're just not available to you. And home birth tends to be more um, adherent to just physiologic birth, just seeing what happens and letting birth happen. So if you are the mom that's thinking you want the epidural, home birth, not for you. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And I saw an article recently where there was someone talking about home birth and she says she has people ask her, like, can you do a C-section at home? And it's like, no, like that kind of stuff does not happen at a home birth. It is very much so straightforward birth. Yeah. 
Right. So it, it's more primal, if you will. When, mm-hmm. when women want to have a home birth, what is the primary driver in wanting to be home? Yeah. So a lot of people just feel more comfortable at home. They have some fear of the hospital. So they just feel more comfortable at home. They want to be in a, uh, in a familiar environment. And actually, I will say, I know of at least two, three OBGYNs who I can think of off the top of my head, physicians themselves who had home births. Some people just want to be in a more comfortable environment outside of the hospital. That's probably the biggest one. Some people believe that, you know, they're more likely to be listened to. They have a a closer relationship. It's the same midwife. Um, They're more likely to be listened to, respected, and they just feel safer overall. So Yeah. Not, not poor me. (laughs) Those are really great points. And um, Dr. Nicole, one thing we had talked about, I think we've done a couple of things together, but Mm -hmm. you had talked about how nothing should happen without your consent. 100%. Sometimes at the hospital, when you have nurses changing and it's busy and people are rushing that happens. And That would be one area of a home birth, I would imagine, when you talk about listening to you, where it is completely on your terms in your space, Mm -hmm. right? Yep, absolutely. For the home birth, is it typically just the midwife or is there more staff of people? Yeah, so it's uh, midwife. There can be, she can have an assistant with her. You can also have a doula if you want to for a home birth. So, and the difference between midwives and doulas Doulas are not trained medical professionals, so you cannot do a home birth with a doula. If you have a doula who is saying that she will do a home birth by herself, please run in the opposite direction because that is not safe. They are not trained medical professionals. So you can have the midwife, she may have an assistant and a doula. So usually it's maybe two or three people that are there. Okay. That, that is a great point. Cause I actually was thinking you would do it with your doula and Another point you brought up, you said you cannot have a doula do it. Is this, is there a law? Like, could I just go have a baby wherever I want anytime? Or is there some kind of law that you have? That's a really great question. So people, people do think like, do I have to have a baby in the hospital? Laws vary by state, but you absolutely can have your baby wherever you want to have your baby. There are no laws governing where people can give birth. Now there are regulations in terms of who can say that they're um, a licensed professional. Like we have our licensing standards in Virginia. We have licensing standards for certified nurse midwives, certified professional midwives, things like that. And most states do. But as a birthing person, you can give birth wherever you want. So including some people do craziness like free birth. Like I support like home birth with a trained professional fine. Free birth where you have no one there who is trained. That's crazy. Wait, me. hold on. Tell us what free birth is. Yeah. So free birth is when people give birth with no one, no trained professional present. So just by themselves. And this is not in a car on the way to the hospital. This is uh-uh. in no, no, girl. They choose, they choose to do it at home or in the, I follow a couple of accounts. Sometimes people do it like in the water somewhere or outside in their yard. It's not a lot of people who do it, but it's a small community of people who like want to give birth with no one present, you know, and I, I think that is dangerous. Like for thousands of years, there have been trained 
birth professionals. Right. Uh, be- before the 1900s, it was always women and, and midwives before physicians came in and kind of in the U.S. anyway. Yeah. But I think, you know, complications can happen and you want someone who is trained to be there. So okay. I do not agree with free birth. Dr. Nicole does not suggest a free birth. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Um, Okay, Dr. Nicole, will you bring us into your next takeaway? Yeah, so that is the next one kind of related. Make sure you have a trained provider present. So someone who knows what they are doing, who has experience with out of hospital birth. So not just someone who's like, I just kind of want to be there or I'm a doula. It really should be a certified professional midwife and you have to meet some standards for that, uh, depending on your state. Or, or a certified nurse midwife, but you want someone who is a trained medical professional, not just any random person who's like, oh, sure, I'll be there for your birth. And is that something that commonly happens where people who don't have a specific license are doing this? I, I wouldn't say that it's common, but I have heard some instances of where people sort of do it in an underground kind of way. Some of that is because some states actively try to make make it difficult for people to do home births and get trained in it. So it can be difficult for you to find out if someone is trained or licensed or not. So I wouldn't say that it's common, but you definitely want to ask, like, how many births have you done? Um, You want to be sure that, and this kind of goes to the next point, like, what do you do for a backup plan if, (laughs) if I need to go to the hospital, like what kind of relationships do you have in that regard? Yeah. So I I think we definitely talked a little bit about the trained provider wanting it to be a midwife or a nurse midwife. Can Mm -hmm. you touch a little bit more on, because it's surprising when you said OBGYNs typically do not do home births. Can you Mm -hmm. touch a little bit more on the why behind that? I think it's just that we're, I mean, OBGYNs are trained in the hospital. The profession has just developed as being a hospital-based profession. There, there are a couple of OBGYNs who I can think of one on the West coast. I can't think of his name, a guy, somebody else in uh, Georgia who doesn't, but it's just, it's just not part of our profession that may change, but as for now, it's just not something that we normally do. There's still a, a good amount of backlash from most OBGYNs, honestly, about home births. People don't understand why anyone would quote unquote, take that risk to do a home birth. If you know that there's a slightly increased risk of, of issues with the baby. So I I think that's part of it too. There's, there's not a lot of OBGYNs who are necessarily supportive of home birth. Now this might be a little controversial if someone Mm -hmm. listening does want to do a home birth, but for me, I agree. I just I don't think the risk of me being comfortable outweighs, even if it's a 0.0, you know, half percent chance mm-hmm. that my baby has something going on and we don't have a ventilator or mm-hmm. the ability to do an emergency C-section or these other things. But I can understand if women have a, a crippling fear of a hospital or have had a really bad experience at a hospital, how they might choose that. But it is good to know if you have an OBGYN who you absolutely love, this is probably not an option that they're going to deliver. Mm-hmm. Or maybe no, no, no. And I totally see like for some people, there are some people, many people who are like you and they're like, I really don't understand why you would do this. And that is perfectly reasonable. But my job as someone who 
is at my core an advocate for women's autonomy over the choices that they make for themselves is to provide people with the absolute evidence-based best information and help folks to make the decisions that work best for themselves. Yeah, and, and I think that that is the greatest approach because you will have people who want to do all these different things. And if we if we are looking at it from a lens of I don't agree, I don't understand, then they go do these underground things, mm -hmm. right? Let's make mm -hmm. an option for everyone, for everything, except for the free birth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That does, I mean, that doesn't like I don't I bet I don't, I can't su support that. <laughs> so yeah. or, or there's some instances where home birth is not appropriate. Like if you've had three C-sections before, you should not be doing a home birth. That is not safe. So there are some instances where it's not safe. If you have, you know, high blood, terrible high blood pressure, or you have issues with high blood pressure, not safe to do a home birth. You, you, there are some people who are going to be better for themselves and their baby to be in the hospital. So I just want to provide like not biased information, just the data and the facts. So that when I say like, no, you shouldn't be doing a home birth, that you know that I'm coming from a place. It's not because I'm anti-home birth. It's because I want to tell you what um, the information is and the data and based on your own unique circumstances. So coming from an evidence-based lens, is there anything that is surprising to you or maybe something the average woman wouldn't know in terms of, you know, this type of person shouldn't be engaging in a home birth that maybe you wouldn't think, well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a high risk patient, but you know, anything along those lines. The only thing I would say is maybe, uh, some home birth providers will do breech births and that can be tricky if you're not experienced in it, even if you're otherwise low risk. So that definitely makes me nervous, but otherwise it really is just like, if you don't have any problems, then you could theoretically be a candidate for home birth. Okay, makes sense. Do you wanna bring us into your third and final takeaway? Yes, make sure you have a backup plan because the only constant thing about birth is that it is unpredictable and that is regardless of where it is. And you need to have a backup plan. Specifically, I mean like what happens if you need to be transferred to the hospital. So for first time moms, roughly 30% will get who are attempting a home birth will get transferred into the hospital and that may be for pain medication because they want pain medication um it may be because labor has stalled and um, they may need pitocin or things like that but you want to have um, your midwife needs to bring up and talk through what happens if we need to transfer to hospital like what that looks like you need to discuss that and be ready for that. Uh, I think it's important that we have relationships with the community providers. I myself have gone out and met with home birth midwives in my community to say, hey, we want to be a place where you can transfer people if need be. Because at a previous hospital where I worked, I saw a couple of bad stories where people stayed at home for entirely too long because the midwife was afraid, you know, she held on to the patient longer than she should. And this this poor woman ended up with severe damage to her pelvic organs because the baby had just been sitting there for so long. So she had urinary fecal incontinence and, you know, something that was totally preventable. So you want to have a backup plan. You want to have a midwife who is comfortable transferring. And part of that is being 
a welcoming place on our side. So I've also heard stories of people being transferred and they get treated nasty or like, yeah, so why would you do this? And I, that is absolutely inappropriate. So in um, my hospital and in many hospitals, they have formal agreements where it's like, if things happen where they need to come in, then bring people in and we have seamless transfer of care. And so would you recommend for someone who would like to prepare for a home birth to also visit the hospital and do as if you were going to have a hospital birth? Yeah, you know, I've thought about that. That's if It depends on your own personal level. Like some people, they need to see it all just to like have some, like just in case I wanted to not be um, completely foreign. But I think most people end up not touring the hospital, um, they, they feel like they don't need to. So I don't think it, you necessarily have to do it. You just want to make sure that your midwife has those relationships with the hospital. And when you talk about those relationships, I guess I still <coughs> don't totally understand mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole experience, but yeah. if you are needing to be transferred, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you're going in an ambulance, right? Oh, not necessarily. Sometimes right. you may be by car. Yeah. So I can tell you, so I can tell you some of the things that we have received transfers for. Now, one was an ambulance because she was having postpartum bleeding, actually pretty severe postpartum hemorrhage, but she actually ended up needing a couple dozen units of blood products. And it's just the same thing that could have happened in a hospital where there's just severe postpartum hemorrhage. So she came in by ambulance and essentially it was like, they pick up the phone, they call us, they say, Hey, we have this patient. This is what happened and she's coming in or it's, um, Hey, they just, you know, pick up the phone call, this fax the records or send the records. Hey, she really wants an epidural now. So she's going to come into the hospital or somebody who developed problems with blood pressure. This is not something that, that they, they know that they shouldn't be doing. So they're like, we have this patient. She's looks like she has preeclampsia. So she should come into the hospital and it can be, it's typically by just private. They just come up by private car to the the hospital. So it's really just those like connections and being able to like reach out to people, share information and just make it a seamless, a seamless transfer. So when you're, you, when you're interviewing your midwife or nurse midwife, you should definitely be asking those type of questions. hundred percent. Yeah. You know what, one thing that I was remembering now, I had a friend who I remember she was really upset because she thought she was going to save money through doing the home birth. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she ended up having to take an ambulance. So it <laughs> way more expensive and then stay in the hospital for a couple of days. But, you know, is it a way to save money? Is that a motivation? No, <laughs> because most of the time, most insurance providers do not cover home birth. So it generally is going to end up being out of pocket. So it depends on what your insurance deductible is and things like that. But I would say that it is typically not the route to go if you're doing it in order to try and save money. You have to pay the midwife out of pocket mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna, and now it's cheaper, like overall, like home birth is cheaper than hospital birth for sure. But your insurance is going to pay for most of the cost of a hospital birth. Well, I remember, I couldn't believe how expensive it was because I live in California and with my son who was born in 2018, I want to say they billed like $30,000 and I had a fourth baby just went in, had him. That was, I mean, no complications, no issues, no medication. I did have an epidural, but other than that, just very typical, no, you know, 
just the regular. Um, insurance is so complicated. I don't even understand insurance as a physician. I have called up to insurance companies for my own care sometimes and been like, I should be able to understand this. Why is this so complex? But you're right. They built like it. A lot of things are billed and then the insurance company will negotiate with the hospital and then they'll actually agree to pay a certain rate. So it may be like they bill 30,000, but then the whatever particular insurance company has negotiated that they'll only pay 12,000 and it depends on the insurance company. And then it depends on like where you are in your deductible. It is very confusing. But, yeah, but even without all that, it's still like, I wonder like, why does it cost? Yeah. Even even after all that, and I have, my husband works for a big company. So we have what would be considered good insurance. Um, I think out of pocket, we're still, we're looking at like 3,700, I want to say. So let's say in that instance, it may like a home birth may be about that same cost, actually that out of pocket cost around the 4,000 or $5,000 range. So you are looking at four to $5,000 and what, what is that? Is that just the fee of the midwife? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only fee that you have. So it's the, the, well, the care, the prenatal care, any setup and things supply, you may have to get like a, a kit. Like a lot of folks have, you get like a kit that has like a, essentially kind of like a tarp and like a tub that you can blow up and things like that. Your own, own kit to use. So, you know, it's like sterile hasn't been used before those kinds of things, right. but that covers all of the prenatal care and the birth and usually postpartum visits too. Yeah, I guess I imagine they have the baby and then everybody leaves. But at a hospital, you have round the clock care for usually C-section, maybe four mm-hmm. days, vaginal mm-hmm. birth, maybe two. If you have a home birth, what does the afterbirth look like? Yeah, so typically they stay. It depends on you know the person. But they stay for anywhere from four to six hours afterwards. Make sure you're settled and comfortable. Maybe cook a meal, clean up things. So they do all the cleanup and all of those types of things. So they're not going to leave you before you feel like you're comfortable with the baby and helping you get get started with the baby. In general, people that don't have an epidural feel pretty good. You know, they're up and moving around fairly quickly after birth. So it's not like you're feel like you have to lay around and not do anything. Most people feel pretty like themselves. Uh, within six hours, four to six hours after birth. And then they will often come back the next day to check on you and make sure things are okay. Got it. Got it. So it's the before, during and after. Okay. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And the visit, the prenatal visits tend to be a lot longer. Yeah. um, Where you have, you know, opportunity to chat and things like that. So all interesting stuff on Mm -hmm. birth. So I, you know, takeaways are safe for the right candidate overall mm-hmm. risk of complication is low for the parent slightly higher for the baby but still one percent mm-hmm. make sure you have the trained provider some mm-hmm. certified midwife or nurse midwife and then of course a backup plan because birth is unpredictable and you got it dr nicole any <laughs> other takeaways on setting up for a great home birth um not setting up for a great home birth, but I would say for the other like 
90 plus percent of people who have a hospital birth, I just want to reiterate that you can still have a great experience in the hospital too. So if you need to go to the hospital, if you want to go to the hospital, that is what my information is all about is helping you have a great experience in the hospital. So that's, that's totally possible. If you're thinking about a home birth, because you think that you absolutely cannot have a great experience in the hospital, that's not true. You can have a great experience in the hospital too. Yeah, I, I had four kids and I, I had four pretty good hospital experiences for sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We have just a very quick fire round. Sure. Ask you a few questions. Mm-hmm. What are you currently binging on TV? So <laughs> this is going to sound so corny and nerdy, but I actually don't really watch a lot of TV. <laughs> That's okay. How about the next one's for you then? What was uh-huh. the most recent book you read? The most recent book I read was Expecting Better by Emily Oster or Oster. Is that how you, yes. So she's, uh, she's actually an economist and it's a popular book that people read who are interested in, in pregnancy. She approaches pregnancy from a little bit of a different perspective, literally of an economist. And I have a lot of people who have said to me that they have read that book. And I finally was like, I need to read this book. So that's yeah. how I just finished. And now I'm getting ready to just reread The Alchemist which is by Paul, oh, I can't remember his last name. And it's like a book about personal development, the, a journey, someone's story, and like um, a personal growth book. I love a good personal growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what is your best productivity app? Oh, I am all into everything Google. So I'm like Google Calendar, <laughs> Gmail, yep. I use Keep for notes. I have, actually have a Google phone. <laughs> like, oh, I, okay. yeah, so I am like anything that's in the Google, Google reminders, like to set reminders for myself to pop up on my phone. So all things Google. Google <laughs> and what is your go-to de-stressor? Yes, oddly enough. So just really low key when it's nice outside, which is getting ready to be without the pollen. I love to sit outside in my backyard and just, hmm listen to the wind blowing in the trees or look at the trees and the flowers just sitting outside. So that always helps me de-stress. If it's cold outside, then sitting on my couch (laughs) and looking out the window (laughs) and looking at the trees and just kind of just resetting, turning all the things off and chilling. Relaxing. I love that. Um, so you have a code for us. Can you, you didn't get to talk too much about it, but can you tell everyone a little bit about your, um, childbirth education course? So this is going to be more for the hospital mom. Yes. It's very much so geared towards those who plan to give birth in the hospital. So it's called the birth preparation course. And it is, um, it is a great course. It's great. I know more folks, I shouldn't say more. I know some folks want to do in-person classes, totally fine. But if you are someone who is not interested in in in-person, you like online, you want to be able to do it when it's convenient for you. You want to be able to easily do it with your partner, then this is great for you. So it's all online and it covers everything from your mindset because your mindset is so important. So it starts with mindset, support, all the details of what's happening in your body during labor and birth and specifically how hospital birth works. So you're not surprised when you go to the hospital, it covers some possible scenarios, like what happens if you have a C-section, what happens with vacuum, forceps. So you're prepared for that unpredictability piece. Um, Gives you some information about postpartum because 
you don't do so great at that, especially those first six weeks postpartum, and then how to really make a birth plan um, in a way that's going to work. It could be because those templates and forms just showing up with that at the hospital and you haven't discussed it to make sure that people actually support what's in your birth plan, you know, you're setting yourself up for disaster. So that's the overview of the course and you can check it out at drnicolerankins.com. That's my website. And if you use the code Dr. Nicole, you can get um, a discount on the course. Perfect. And we will have that in our show notes. Um, where else can they find you? Social media, podcasts. Yes. So the podcast is called all about pregnancy and birth. And it is on whatever pot, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, or, and on social media also at Dr. Nicole Rankins, Instagram is my favorite social media platform. And I do lives there, post um, information, helpful tips, all that good, great stuff. Dr. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.